Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So I said this morning that thankful is the foundation of strength. The opposite of thankful is criticism and complain. I've never seen an energetic, critical individual. All the ones I know of that are like that are always tired. They're always lethargic. They always just run out of energy. Whereas Ephesians chapter 1 of the Message Bible, about verse 20 says this, that all this energy issues from Christ. All this energy. If you have ever ministered by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you'll know what I'm saying. There is a supernatural energy I have no better way. I don't want to be Spiro about it. But there is a supernatural energy that is contained in the Holy Spirit. The book of Romans says this. It says the same spirit that raised up Christ from the dead. King James Version says shall quicken. The word quicken simply means to make alive. And what that means is, as a believer, when I engage in kingdom purpose, when I start serving God, there comes an energy to your life. It is amazing. I know, Amanda, you will discover, if you haven't already, that as you get in, instead of feeling tired, instead of compassion fatigue, instead of, well, you know, I'm getting worn out, somehow I look at some of the old people in our church. When I say old, I'm talking about older our, our volunteer leader of threads retired and I got shocked when I discovered that apparently she's in her 80s. She's in her late 80s. And here is this woman with incredible energy uh, and all that she's doing, she's recently stepped out of that with some health things and, and a young person, Philomena, has taken that on. But I look around and I see people, Chris and Di, that are here, just got back from India, where they've been over there ministering to people and, and supporting people at, under their own steam. Then they come back and they're in first steps. And quite frankly, I can get worn out in about two hours with my grandson. Uh, and they're in there with, I don't know how many, 15 or 20 of them or whatever. And they're in there with all this energy. And I go, where does that come from? I want to encourage you tonight. Never think, well, I'm too busy to serve God. Get to EFM. It'll be the greatest thing you'll ever do because you'll get into a place where divine supernatural energy comes into a person's life. I believe that. I don't believe. My mother said to me when I was first started out, she said, son, she said, you can't burn the candle at both ends. I said, well, mum, that probably depends on how big the candle is. And uh, people have told me for years, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I just go, well, somehow or other, God keeps supplying the energy and the resources. You know, if you are believing that, well, you know, life's going to be difficult and you're not going to make it, probably that'll be your experience. But if you become a thankful person, it's the foundation of strength. Secondly, this morning, we said thankful is the foundation of hope. In other words, when I become thankful, hope always comes. Let me get into some new territory tonight and speak about this before we pray. Number three, the third thing that thankful is the foundation of is peace. One of the very first verses I learned and memorized is Romans chapter 8, verse 32. Now, I memorized it back in that day. It was the King James Bible. I think actually the new King James hadn't even come out yet. So I memorized a lot of verses 
And I thank God, by the way, if you're a new Christian here, memorizing this is so good for you. I know, you know, I've never, I don't hear anybody ever talk about that anymore, but I just think I thank God for all the times when I memorized the verse and then somehow or other out of nowhere, you know, in the middle of something, a verse will come to your heart and mind that you need, you know, because you had already put it in there. Romans 8 verse 32, King James says this, I, I, I won't read it off there. It says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? It'll say something like that. But what it means is this, that if God gave Jesus, listen to me, if God gave Jesus for you, come on, let it get into here. If God gave Jesus for you, why would you think that He will prevent blessing coming to you? Why would you think God is against you? Why would you think He's pressed go slow when it comes to you and your need? Why would you think that somehow or other He's waiting for you to get better? He's waiting for you to become good enough. He's waiting for you to fix that problem. He's waiting for you. Christ died for you before you turned over any leaf. You are just a a dead leaf and He died for you. He doesn't need you to turn over a new leaf. I've seen God bless people that were living in the worst kind of environments because the mercy of God. Look, maybe you've got a loved one right now, uh, you know, a child, a parent or whatever, and maybe they're away from God. You're thinking, oh God, they're out there and, and there's no protection for them. Don't believe that. Say as a believing parent or a believing child, say, God, you're gonna bring blessing to that person in Jesus' name. Why? Because the mercy of God does never depend on my goodness. Oh, I've heard people say, well, you know, but I didn't do this right and I didn't do that right. And pastor, you don't realise I haven't been living right. I go, well, that, that's not good. Please start to live right. Please start to get that right. But don't think that God is waiting for blessing to come. When the boy came back from the pig pen, the Jewish boy with the smell of pigs on his body, the Jewish father saw him coming a long way off and embraced him. Do you know what that must have been like for a Jewish dad to get the smell of pig on him? A forbidden animal, an unclean animal, but he got the smell of pig on him. He never said, son, I'd really love to greet you, but would you go and clean up first? He didn't do that. He embraced him. He said, bring out the best garment. He put it on a dirty pig smelling body. He never said to you, come on, we got to get this. Otherwise, we start living with a, a God who's like a, a slightly better version of, of you. And I thank God that God is not a slightly better version of Jeff. Amen. He's not a slightly better version. His mercy knows no limits. I do not believe there is a person on this planet that has so lived away from God that God won't welcome them home. That he won't say, come on, does he want them to change behavior? Of course he wants all of us to live right. But what I'm saying is, it's the foundation of, of peace in our life. I have peace with God. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for me. How shall he not with him? God's blessing and a great future does not depend. Listen to me. It doesn't depend on my past. And if that doesn't get you to at least jump up and down on the inside, I have no idea what would. Because quite frankly, I, I'm, after all these years, I'm still flabbergasted at it. And even when I say it, I'm still amazed at it. 
And every time I utter it, I still think that is ridiculous. Who's like that that you know of? No one I know. I've spoken to dads who love their kids, but, you know, uh, are so exasperated that, you know, said all kinds of things and complain. And we've got a heavenly father who doesn't matter what you smell of, doesn't matter where you've been doing, what you've been, come on. There is hope. I want you to come up out of this place with an expectation of the grace of God for your loved ones, for your family, for the people in your workplace, for the people that live around about you. We're not going there saying, now come on, come on, come on, you've got to come to church and get your act into gear. We're saying the grace of God and the mercy of God is there. He that spared not his own son for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? And so the foundation of peace If he gave Jesus for me, then what am I concerned about? What am I worried about? Why why is this thing, you know, why why is this weigh on me? What a great verse to memorise. Thankful is the foundation for peace. I can have peace in my now because the God of Romans 8.32 is taking care of my tomorrow. Amen. It's the truth. You know, we all like to think that our life is so secure. But it sure ain't. There's very little. I, was, I talk to people all the time who went to the doctor last week, and discovered, bang, that's wrong. In the whole world, and when I speak to them, they go, I've never been sick. I've never had anything wrong. And all of a sudden, the whole thing turned around. I talk to people who are so, you know, you know, successful in their job field, and the whole thing switches around. I'm not saying that to be fearful. I'm saying this, how do I have peace in the middle of a world that we like to think is secure. We like to think that it's all great. We like to think that we'll be fine. How do we have peace? Well, the only way I know to have lasting peace is to have your peace anchored to somebody who's bigger than all that stuff. Somebody who's beyond all that. I just finished reading a book about uh, the number one British forensic pathologist. You go, why would you read that? Well, it looked interesting. And uh, he talks about one of his uh, co-workers who was uh, also a forensic pathologist. And after 9-11, she was over in New York and helping with all of the, the uh, stuff there. And when she had to fly back to the UK, she wrote her name on every member of her body. She wrote her name on her hand, on her wrist, on her upper arm, every part of her body because she was so impacted by how everything could change that she thought if this one goes down, I don't want them wondering who the arm belongs to. Now, I thought that was kind of funny, but none of you think it's funny. I thought it was kind of weird. You know, I'm going like, so here's this person with this immense knowledge and all this vast experience and they're so freaked out that, you know... (laughs) Jeff Woodward, Jeff Woodward's leg, Jeff Woodward's big toe. Must have taken her ages rotting it. Anyway, I, thought, I just thought it was strange. Peace is there because thankful is the foundation of that. Number four is that thankful is the foundation of wholeness. I really want to just spend a couple of minutes on this one. This is Luke 17 verse 12. As Jesus entered a certain village, there met him 10 men who were lepers, who stood afar off. They weren't allowed to come close. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, 
go show yourself to the priest. That's like saying go to the doctor. The priest was the one who, did, who pronounced you clean or unclean. And so it was that as they went, watch this, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, one of the despised people. Jesus answered and said, were there not cleansed? Where are the nine? Were there not any found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, watch this, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Ten got cleansed. One, the word well there is the Greek word sozo. It means to be made whole. Now, I can't prove this, but I think that ten of them lost the symptoms of leprosy. I think one man got back everything that had been taken from him. I think one man got made whole, not just healed. And how did that happen? It came out of thankfulness in his life. Wholeness is always about your outlook and your perspective. And I don't know about you, but I, I said to the team before the service tonight, I'd love to tell you that in my life the default is to be thankful, but I find that it's often not. I wish it was. And after all these years, I've still got to click it in and I've still got to go, come on now, focus on what God's doing. Because otherwise I find that the one thing that went wrong occupies all my attention. Or things that aren't going right in my life. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to be Pollyanna-ish about this here. I understand there'd be people in this room tonight for, and you are going through things that are very difficult and very deep. You know, there's a, a person sitting here and I haven't asked their permission, so I won't identify them, but they told me, I think about two weeks ago, I, I thought it was one of the astounding statements that I'd heard. They went through a massive... Uh, uh, accident and that left them with broken bones and all kinds of stuff. And I saw them a couple of weeks ago and I just happened to say, you are looking so good. What I meant was not physically alone, but in terms of just their countenance, they just looked like they were going great. They'd been in hospital for a long period of time. It was a very big deal. And yet when I looked at them, I said, you know, you look so great. This is what they said to me and this person's here tonight. And they said to me, I thank God for what happened to me. And I went, hold the bus. Stop there. I said, can I ask you what you mean by that? And then they began to tell me about how through this whole thing. Now, I'm not saying God, I don't believe God sent it. I don't think God sends accidents to people. But the point was not about how, why, where, all the rest of that stuff. The point was their response to all that happened was to go, God, I'm thankful that you've been with me. And what a difference. Wholeness began to come to their whole outlook as a result of their response of being thankful. Can I say to you tonight, if you are in the middle of a crisis, the best thing you'll ever do is to write yourself a note and stick it on the mirror of your, of your bathroom that says, be thankful. In everything, give thanks, First Thessalonians. In everything, give thanks. In everything, not for everything, in everything, give thanks. God, today I'm going to be grateful for. Why? Because wholeness begins to come to our life. Uh, you know, I'm concerned if all we ever do when, is we try and evaluate everything that we're in rather than going, God, my first thought here is going to be, I'm grateful that you looked after me. I'm thankful 
Thankfulness is the foundation of wholeness. It'll adjust your perspective. It'll correct your outlook. Here's number five. Thankful is the foundation of joy. If you've ever been around a truly miserable person, they're able to spot the cloud behind every silver lining. I was in Kalgoorlie a couple of weeks ago and helping a friend of mine up there. We had to go to a a certain tradesperson and he had to find something on the internet. And this guy started telling us how, you know, Internet's rubbish. Internet's been rubbish for the last five years. And I'm there going like, whoa. But if you looked at that man, he had way more frown lines than he ever had any smile lines in his life. Now, I don't really care whether, you know, I keep going, gee, I love the internet. I love Dr. Google. I love Google Maps. Can I just come right out and say, I love Google Maps. You know, most of the time I ignore it if I've got a rough idea where I'm going. I go, like, don't tell me. I'll pick you up at the end. Uh, but I, I'm glad for all that, aren't you? Some of you here, you don't even bring a Bible to church. Some of you don't have a paper Bible anymore. You just pull it out and you've got 85 versions of the Bible on here. And how cool is that? And you're checking out everything I'm saying. He said the Greek is sozo. People are looking it up. And, oh, I've got a Facebook. Oh, no. Uh, but if you've ever been around a truly miserable person like I was with this guy in Cal, This guy's only joy came from being proven right about how bad the world was. Thankfulness. I've yet to meet a truly thankful person who is not happy. Seriously. Seriously. You go, well, I'd be happy too if my life was better. I'd be happy too if I, you know, I bought that lotto ticket. I'm just believing for Soundcheck to win the Melbourne Cup. And if Soundcheck wins... (laughs) I'm going to be going around going, gee, I wish I'd done something about that. It's the only horse I know, sorry. I saw the list the other day and I thought, sound check, sounds like church. I hope it wins. It's the only thing I know about, I don't bet at all, ever. Uh, A thankful person, listen to me, a thankful person doesn't need everything to be perfect. They know there's always something to be grateful for. Is that the way you think about life? Make thankfulness a habit. Here's the last one, number six. Thankful is the antidote to worry. If you are beset by worry, if you, and quite frankly, if you're a human and you've never worried, I've worked with a lot of people over the years that have had massive uh, emotional and mental habits that have become a part of their life. I've, I've worked with people that literally could barely get out of bed and for whom their whole life... I've worked with people who said to me, I have no emotions for anything, several people like that. So I know a little bit. I, I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, but I've worked with people and I've worked with the Word of God. And I know this, that a thankful person will always be le- uh, less beset by worry than the person who's not thankful. Why? Because when I'm thankful, what I'm telling myself is this, if he helped me once, He'll help me again. If he blessed me once, he'll bless me again. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says, You will keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. I used to think that meant that every single second of the day I had to think about God. Well, that's pretty difficult if you ask me because quite frankly, when I'm sitting down and, you know, and I'm eating my breakfast tomorrow morning, I'm not going to be thinking about God and breakfast. I'm going to be thinking about that magnificent oat brits with a honey and a banana and how much 
good it's doing my body. And when I go tomorrow, if they're in and I pick up the mangoes that my good friends in Kununurra have sent me, I'm, I'm going to think about God as I go, thank you, Lord, for friends. Amen. And thank you for designing the greatest fruit that ever hung on a tree. Mangoes. In Jesus' name. And, and I'll bless him for that. How many, do I have a witness? How many, how many mango lovers are there in the house? Look at all of you godly people. You can come to my house in heaven because in my house in heaven, there'll be mangoes, chunk of big ones. You know, there'll be a sink that you can lean over. You can peel them and have the juice running down your arms. There'll be mango ice cream. There'll be mango smoothies, mango lassie. There'll be, uh, there'll be mango salad. There'll be mango dessert. There'll be mango ice cream. There'll be mango sandwiches. I know they haven't been invented, but I'll have them in heaven. There'll be mango sandwiches. And there'll be mango pies and, and mango muffins and, and there'll be mango aftershave. <laughs> It'll all be there. How many of you here just don't like mangoes at all? We're going to just, I think we just got to. <laughs> Lord, help those people. Help those people. So, you know, when I, when I pick up the mangoes, I'm probably not going to be really thinking about God in, in that sense. But then I looked it up and the word stayed there doesn't actually mean, you know, obsessed on. It means that I'm leaning on. And that's a vast difference. My mind can lean on God. Let me finish by saying this, because I believe that thankful is actually a key that unlocks blessing over lives. I'm, these scriptures aren't up on the screen, so don't look for them. But you can write them down or make a note of them and then get them later or listen to the podcast. Matthew 8, verse 2. See if you can find the common link. Matthew 8, verse 2. A leper came and knelt down before him and worshipped him, saying, If you want to, you can make me whole. Matthew 9, verse 18. A ruler of, a ruler of the synagogue came and fell at Jesus' feet and worshipped him, saying, my daughter lies at home at the point of death. Will you come and lay your hands on her? Matthew 15, verse 21 through to 28 is the story about how this person, let me just bring that one up for you because it's such an amazing, an amazing story. Matthew 15 is a, a woman who's, she's not even a believer. She's not even Jewish. She's not that. And and matter of fact, let me just quickly, I'll I'll read this bit if I can to you. Matthew 15, 21, Jesus went out of there, departed into another coast of Tyre and Sidon. A woman of Canaanite, a Canaanite. They were the enemies of the people of God in the Old Testament. She came out of the same area. She cried to him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented with an evil spirit. He answered her, not a word. His disciples came and besought Jesus, saying, send her away. She's crying out. We're annoyed with her. He turned to them. He still hasn't spoken to her. And says, I'm not sent, but under the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Verse 25, this is Matthew 15. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered and said to her, first time he's spoken to her, he answered and said to her, it's not proper to take the children's bread and to give it to dogs. That's not very polite. She said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat, get to eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Verse 28, Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith. 
be it unto you even as you will. The leper came and worshipped. The ruler came and worshipped. The Canaanite woman came and worshipped. The truth is that bringing our thanks to God is a lot more than being nice to God. It's a spiritual key that unlocks things in our world. Amen. Come on, let's believe God together. Stand with me a moment if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for your great grace for every one of us. Thank you, Lord, that you love us, that you died for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are only a breath away. Lord, you're not a long way from us. It's not like, Lord, somehow or other we've got to get you to come down. The book of Romans says this. It says, don't think in your heart, I've got to get up into heaven to get God to come down, or I've got to go down to hell in order to bring up Christ again from the dead. It says this, listen to it. It says, the word of faith is near to you even in your mouth. In other words, all it takes for you and I to step out of a place of not knowing God into a place of walking with God is that we use this and give an expression of invitation to Christ. Some of you here in this place, you don't know Jesus yet maybe, or you feel like you've wandered away from God and you wonder whether he'll bring you back, whether he'll have you again. The truth is, if you will invite him back in, Jesus said, I'll come back to your life. I'll come back to you. I'll be in your life and in your world. Let me pray. Father, thank you for every person that's here. Father, I pray for any man or woman, young person, older, whoever, that's here tonight and they say, I don't really know Jesus. Lord, I pray that tonight they'll simply use their mouth and say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Would you come into my life, Lord? Father, we thank you that salvation will be the result of that. You'll come and touch them in the name of Jesus. Amen. You'll see up on the screen the yes text number, 488 I doubt if there is a week goes past, well, there hasn't been a week, in the life of our church where people all the time are not using that. Last Sunday morning, there were six people in one service who texted yes. The next day, 7 a.m. in the morning, all coming out of our church, by the way, it's not shipped off. The data is not in the cloud and up there with somebody. Uh, Every single one of those people the next morning got a scripture and a prayer. fits on one screen of your smartphone. We put a prayer there because we know a lot of people don't know how to start praying. How do I start talking to God? And so we put that there every day for 30 days unless you opt out, which is your choice. After that, people then can go on to the next series on the Word of God or prayer or a whole lot of things. The interesting thing to me has been the number of people that don't just do it on the Sunday. They do it on the Monday, on the Tuesday, on the Wednesday, on the Thursday. I guess they've taken note of the number. And somewhere during the week, they've thought about and go, I want to follow Christ. I actually believe it's one of the best things that God has ever given us uh, the idea of. Because we want to see people discipled and grow. Not just make a one-moment decision, but to follow Christ. Someone encourage you, 488 Now listen, before we go, and thank you if you're saying yes, by the way. God bless you for that pray that it'll be the best thing. I want to just open up the altar here tonight. I'm going to ask the team to sing a a song of worship again so that we can, I I want you to come because see, I I, I don't think Jesus said, now come on, you've got to come and do this. But that 
leper came and worshipped him. That he came. The woman who had the tormented daughter, she came and worshipped. The ruler came and worshipped. And some of you here tonight, I felt there are people that are here and there's a lot of worry and there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of what ifs and oh, I hope not. And that's, can I invite you to come to a safe space in the presence of God as we just worship God together and let us sing over you. Let us declare over you. Let us believe for each one of you that the Holy Spirit is going to bring peace to your life, that He's going to bring the, the, the confidence in God to your life. Come on, if you need that tonight, as we sing, you come stand in the presence of God with us. That would be awesome. Thanks, Ben.